Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of Barefooting with Sierra. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I have been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed artist Connor Barrett. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I will give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I'm really enjoying writing my postbellum romance. My main character, Mary, keeps surprising me with the twists and turns she comes up with. I have a fairly structured outline, but she keeps finding ways to subvert it. She's about to end up on a train ride from Nebraska to Illinois with her future husband, Frederick. I'm going to have to make some changes to my outline for the rest of the chapter after that because Mary decided her widowed aunt needs to get married and that changes things for her a bit. She won't be going back to Nebraska after her visit home to her parents in Illinois because now her aunt will be married and won't need her help to take care of her three young children anymore. So Mary's going to be back in Illinois and she'll be dissatisfied with it and when Frederick comes home for another visit that's when their romance is really going to kick up a notch to the point that they get married. I'm really excited about writing it. In novel news today... Toph Beifong's Metal Bending Academy, an Avatar The Last Airbender graphic novel from writer Faith Aaron Hicks and illustrator Peter Wartman, will be available starting on the 16th of February. This graphic novel is the first official solo novel about Toph, who is writer Hicks's favorite Avatar character. She is pretty awesome with her earthbending skills, and she's a barefooter like me, so she gets extra cool points for that. Mikey Way and Sean Simon's Electric Century graphic novel, originally expected in November of last year, will finally arrive on the 23rd of February. The synopsis of the novel reads, Johnny Ashford, former sitcom star, drives drunk through a storefront and gets arrested. His aspiring actress girlfriend bails him out, and he begins seeing a hypnotherapist. Dr. Evers sends Johnny to his happy place, 1980s Atlantic City, where he relives his childhood on the boardwalk, hardly noticing shadowy specters all around. This sounds every bit as weird and delightful as I would expect from Mikey Way, and my inner emo kid cannot wait. The graphic novel is available on its own or as a bundle with the duo's album produced by My Chemical Romance's Ray Toro. Now on to comics. In today's comic, Pete and Petunia are in divorce court, and because it's the pandemic, it's over Zoom. Pete is having a little trouble with his filter. If you haven't seen the video this comic is based on, I implore you to go to YouTube and type in, I'm here live, I'm not a cat. You will cackle until tears come out of your eyes. And now for today's interview with artist Connor Barrett. 
Hi, Connor. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Sure. My name is Connor Barrett. I'm from Seattle. I make music and art. That's what I do. What is your creative process like for your art? You know, it's really hard because I get sidetracked so easily. So I think what works best for me is just looking, like taking a step back and looking at what I'm consuming and what I like about it and and trying to do that myself. So if I'm watching a TV show I really like, or if I'm listening to an artist that I like, I think about what I like about that. And then I try doing, you know, and I just think that's a really good motivator for me personally. Definitely. And how would you describe your artistic style? I do a lot of photorealism stuff, but I try not to paint things that are real. Like I like drawing animals a lot and like suits because <laughs> I think it's funny and cute. But I don't know. I, I like the idea of making something look real that isn't real. It's a weird way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, that's sounds right to me. <laughs> uh, how does how does the media and entertainment industry affect your art? I really try to stay in my own lane. I feel like if I follow trends or everything that I'm seeing online, I don't feel like it's as genuine or, you know, it's me as much, you know. I don't know. I was watching a lot of Moomin. My girlfriend showed that show to me. I think it's really cute. So I liked drawing the animals like a cartoon fashion. I keep a little sketchbook where I just draw a bunch of frog people, right? But I also like drawing pastel stuff with animals in it. So Moomin, I take a lot from that. I really like that show. When it comes to music, I was listening to a lot of MF Doom prior to his passing. And then afterwards, I was just so upset. You know, I listened to that and I really liked it. I tried, you know, replicating that. I took some of my old vinyls off the shelf and I like recorded them. I just tried doing that for a while just because it felt like such a viable creative outlet for me, you know. What is your favorite piece of art that you've created? I don't know. I feel so dissatisfied with my art after I make it. Like, I don't know. I always draw something as much as I can, as much as I can focus on it. And then the day after I get a three feet back look at my art and I I know that objectively I think it's okay but I'm always like "Ah, I can do better okay next piece we're done (laughs) so you know I I feel like I put myself down for my art a lot but I also feel like in another sense that's a healthy thing because I'm always trying to do better you know but in terms of a favorite piece of art I think I like my hamster guy with the trumpet that I posted on my Instagram, just because for once it felt like it was coming from a genuine place for me. It wasn't something that I was drawing that I liked. It wasn't just me drawing how I felt that day. And it was something really ugly and creepy looking, which is a lot of what I do. (laughs) I just really felt like drawing a silly hamster holding a trumpet and uh, came from a genuine place that I think it's cute. (laughs) And what's your favorite piece of art that another artist has created? Like just Instagram artists or art in general? Jesse Monsu is an Instagram artist. And he does a lot of figure drawing. And I think that's really cool stuff. Not just because of his figure drawing, but he really puts his personality into it. I feel like that's really hard to do. Like imagine doing like head sketches, but letting everyone know that you are the guy that made that head sketch. Like from a glance, you can tell whose it is. Over the years, I've seen him really blow up in popularity. And, you know, I'm just so happy for him because I really admire his art. He he does a lot of pieces 
on like a male form and he includes his personality into it and his history and i just think it's really cool awesome i'm not familiar with his work i'll have to look him up uh what advice do you have for someone who wants to pursue a career as an artist find an outlet that's (laughs) financially viable number one you know I think it has to be a balance between something that is enriching to you, but that you can also pay rent with, you know, I think a lot of people are finding outlets through Etsy, which is really cool. But I think the traditional, you know, being a freelance concept artist is slowly and slowly becoming less viable, which is, you know, lame. But there's tons of outlets for everyone. I think there's plenty of room. It's more about your ability to keep on your own schedule and uh, be productive, you know. For sure. And what's the best advice that you've ever received about your artistic ventures? I think the best advice that I've received is to just know when to stop, when to put the pencil down. I spend too much time obsessing over a single drawing that I'm doing or a single painting. You know, you just eat away at yourself. You're like, it's not done yet. It's not done. It's so silly. You really just need to put a day or two into it. and put your crayons down, you know, or or else you'll just kick yourself over and over. That is great advice. Yeah. (laughs) Where can people find you on social media? On Instagram. I am lots of blue t-shirts for my art and Barrett.Seattle for my music. And then on both SoundCloud and Bandcamp, I'm just Barrett. Awesome. Well, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Next up is journalism. Every day in February, I'm going to highlight one influential Black history figure. Today's Black History Month highlight is Lorraine Hansberry, author of A Raisin in the Sun and the first African-American female author to have a play performed on Broadway. Hansberry graduated from Englewood High School in 1948 and studied at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she became involved in civil rights and the Communist Party. In 1950, she transferred to the new school in New York City, where she studied writing. She moved to Harlem in 1951 and joined the editorial staff of the black newspaper, Freedom. She also wrote short play scripts while at the newspaper. On the 20th of June, 1953, Hansberry married songwriter and political activist Robert Nemiroff. The popularity of the 1956 song Cindy O' Cindy, co-authored by Nemiroff, brought in enough income that Hansberry could start writing plays full-time. Hansberry and Nemiroff separated in 1957, and filed for divorce in 1962, but maintained a professional relationship. After her separation from Nemiroff, Hansberry, a closeted lesbian, contributed two letters to the San Francisco-based lesbian rights magazine The Ladder, but her lesbian rights work seems to have ended there. Hansberry wrote A Raisin in the Sun in 1957. It opened at the Ethel Barrymore Theater on the 11th of March 1959 as the first play on Broadway written by an African-American woman. She received the New York Drama Critics Circle Award for Best Play, making her the youngest woman ever to do so at the age of 29. In the early 1960s, she wrote multiple screenplays and television scripts, but they were all rejected for being too controversial. In 1963, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She underwent two surgeries, but both were unsuccessful in treating the cancer. After a town hall debate in June 1964, where she spoke out against white liberals who refused to accept civil disobedience as a form of protest, the FBI began surveilling her. Hansberry died of pancreatic cancer on the 12th of January 1965 at the age of 34. Her ex-husband published her unfinished work under the title To Be Young, Black, and Gifted, 
Lorraine Hansberry, in her own words. He donated most of her personal effects to the New York Public Library, except for her lesbian-themed writings and magazines, which he gave to researchers. In 1999, she was posthumously inducted into the Gay and Lesbian Hall of Fame. And now for today's current events. FedEx has pledged $5 million to historically black colleges and universities to assist students affected by the pandemic and to help them finish their degrees and be prepared for the workforce. The Memphis-based company is giving grants to Tennessee State University, Lemoyne-Owen College, Jackson State University, and Mississippi Valley State University. BIC, the company that makes everything from ballpoint pens to cigarette lighters, has sold their French headquarters to a real estate development team. The 3.8-hectare business complex will mostly be redeveloped as residential. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. Today I got the fun experience of changing out my car's battery. Shout out to my friend that helped me by driving me to the auto store to purchase a new battery and gave me moral support and a bit of muscle help to get the job done. It was minus 18 Celsius, which is about zero Fahrenheit. I was wearing little canvas slip-on shoes, and my friend commented on how remarkable it was that I wasn't getting frostbite. Hooray for going barefoot and having tough feet. My book, A Brief Guide to Barefooting, will be available as a free ebook from February 14th to 18th. Make sure you head over to Amazon to grab that during the promotion if you don't have a copy already. In today's barefoot news, a Winnipeg man allegedly under the influence of methamphetamine ran three kilometers barefoot in the snow in an attempt to evade arrest. Officers responded to a call that a woman was being held hostage by a family member. While the police were attempting to handcuff the man, he attempted to grab their taser. They used the taser against him, but it didn't seem to do anything because he just ran off. Once police did manage to capture him, they took him to the hospital for medical attention, which you would definitely need after running barefoot for miles in negative 30 Celsius temperatures. I didn't bother looking up the conversion to Fahrenheit because I already know that's way too freaking cold to be barefoot for that long. Don't do drugs, kids. That's all for today's show. I'll be back tomorrow with another interview, this time with horror makeup artist Abby Ingalls. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at barefootingwithsierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at worldofpossums and patreon.com slash possumbeat. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.